Welcome to The Bridge, fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason. I'm originally from sunny California, now living in beautiful Beijing. Today with me is Alex. Hello, everybody. This is Alex. Sure, I'm from the Northeast part of China. I am soaked in holiday spirits today. Can't wait to start talking about today's topic just because I love holidays. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at we love the bridge at gmail.com we love the bridge do you love all holidays i pretty much love all holidays wow i really do when i'm saying this i'm trying to think if there's any specific holiday that i feel a little reluctant to celebrate and nothing comes to mind immediately so i think it's safe to arrive at that conclusion that alex loves all holidays yeah i i think i do too actually right i can't think i think can't think of a holiday that i don't like like i don't think i can't think of anything where i feel i understand if you have to cook for the whole family the entire day might be a little tiresome and that might cause a little bit of opposition to celebrating it but even when i think about you know cooking for uh, 20 people I'm still pretty happy about it. <laughs> yeah, my mother-in-law loves to cook for Chinese New Year. And so, like, if you tried to stop her, she'd be miserable. So I think yeah. even though people have to put in a lot of work for holidays, people really enjoy the outcome. Yeah, and then it really gives you a sense of, like, victory when you spend eight hours in the kitchen. And then it's a giant table full of food that you made. And then people are like, oh, my God, yes, let's eat. And you're like, yes, I made 20 people happy. In eight hours, you know, that's a great accomplishment. Well, here in China, around the world, it is Christmas time. I know. It's probably the most festive holiday for me in terms of commercial behaviors. Festive. Really? Yeah, festive celebrations and traditions and food, like, all combined. I feel like it, it's most festive, at least for the holidays that I tend to celebrate or, or partake. You know, I like Christmas a lot. I got a lot of tips from one of my former mm-hmm. friends, a British gentleman, who told me all the rules that he keeps about Christmas trees. Ooh. So I tried to keep keep those rules. It's like apparently before New Year's Eve, you have to get rid of your Christmas tree or it's bad luck. He, according to his family's traditions. So every year I've always tried to put it away. I have a temporary tree that I, is like a plastic device that I can use every year. By you know New Year's, it's stuffed in a drawer somewhere so I don't get the bad luck of it being up. I didn't know. that. Maybe I've heard about it. I've only heard people complaining about putting up your Christmas tree a little too early. Some people put it up before thanksgiving and wow yeah and that might be you know that might be looked at as being a little overly zealous about christmas but hey it's a nice pine tree in your apartment it's like bringing nature to your apartment and that nature comes with gifts so i don't see any problem with that well i mean one of the things people are doing in europe and elsewhere is they buy like a tree that can be then planted in the spring into the ground and so they'll have like a tree that is you know becomes a viable carbon capturing device for the environment because a lot of people are really upset in the west about the history of christmas trees being a butchering of trees that just get thrown out on the road Mm, that is very wasteful and those trees are big and expensive yeah well i mean i think it's 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 really interesting is it really bad for the environment i think if it's made out of plastic so these new fangled dangled tree because my tree is (laughs) one foot tall it is not like a giant behemoth made out of like a ton of plastic and metal same yeah i have a little tiny tiny tree that's just like a symbol that it's there yeah and then the rest of the year it amuses me by being in the drawer that when i'm looking for my glasses (laughs) 
Instead of glasses, there's a Christmas tree. And you're just looking at the collapsed Christmas tree and be like, hey, buddy, sorry, it's not your time of the year yet. So you need to stay in the drawer for a little bit longer. Stay in the drawer, lest there be bad luck. I know. I know. My tree is still staying in the box. I'm looking at it right now. I haven't opened the box yet. It's 120 meters tall, so it's not going to going to be a giant thing either. And it's plastic. You say 120 Sorry, meters? centimeters, of course. <laughs> I was like, you must have the biggest apartment in Beijing. I know. I have the biggest tree in the world. I wish you a Merry Christmas, I wish you a Merry Christmas, I wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Have you ever seen the show, the movie, A Christmas Story? Short answer is no, <laughs> I haven't. There are a lot of Christmas classics that I've, I haven't watched. Of course, Home Alone, first and foremost. I've watched it. Well, what have, what have you watched? I didn't watch the baby one, if you count that as part of the franchise. When the baby went to New York City. Remember the, the, the toddler one? I didn't see the toddler one. I saw, I think I saw one and two, and then I was like, okay, I'm an, that's enough. I think most people did. One and two were enough. Like, it was good enough. And I watched one and two repeated times. I watch it every time it was on TV when I was in the States. I If it's, if any network was playing that, was airing that, I would just watch it. It's just, it's just so easy to watch there's no stress you know that's the best kind of christmas movie for me so home alone absolutely i definitely watched that you're an elf person <laughs> i mean i can, I can nah, see this not really <laughs> no no okay there's some people are really big elf people they're like oh elf i've got to watch it it's christmas yeah, time. i think for me it's different because we didn't grow up in that kind of tradition uh, um and I, i'm sure we're going to talk about Christmas in China as well later sure, on in, yeah, the, in yeah. the episode. But I only started to understand the concept of Christmas movies and stuff after I've moved to the United States when I was 23 already. So whatever I watched prior to moving there, you know, that's there. And then after that, it's like, what's the point of catching up? Nobody wants to catch up on classic Christmas movies with you anymore because people have grown up. But I did watch recently... I don't know if it counts as a Christmas movie. I guess any movie that comes out during Christmas time would count as a Christmas movie. It's got to have some tenuous link to Christmas. Like there's got to be a Christmas tree in it. Or like Christmas. Or a song. It happened or, around Christmas. You yeah, know. Die Hard is a Christmas movie, but there's a reason for that. It's because he <laughs> goes to a... Die Hard is a, an obvious Christmas movie because he goes from New York to Los Angeles uh -huh. and it's going to a Christmas party. Even the first guy he kills, he puts a sweater on them that says ho 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 uh -huh. like merry christmas and like there's christmas trees there's christmas music it's a it's die hard is a classic christmas movie wow that is uh that changed completely my <laughs> <laughs> my concept about what christmas movie was but the recent one that i watched i think it counts as a christmas movie it was uh it was a movie that came out in 20 Mm -hmm. 17 by Reese Witherspoon. Uh, it's called Home Again. It's just a very... Oh, it's know. one of those Hallmark movies. Yeah, kind of, but I love them. <laughs> They're so easy to watch. Wow. You know, uh, I have you seen The the Grinch with uh, Jim Carrey? 
story. I know of it. I have never watched it. So basically any Christmas movie that American kids grew up with, I probably haven't watched them. This is the, I mean, for me, maybe you're right. But for me, it's actually new because there is an old cartoon version as well that comes from like, I don't know, the 40s or 50s. Yeah. But the reason I started with the movie A Christmas Story, there are two different reasons. Number one. Tell us. It it ends with Christmas being ruined and then they have to, in order to save Christmas, they go to a Chinese restaurant <laughs> and then that is how they save Christmas and they have a Lovely. Christmas duck. And so uh, what's really interesting about this movie is they finally, after 30, 40 years, I'm not sure, mm. it was made in the early 1983, early 80s. Mm. Yeah. It finally has a sequel where the little boy in the movie is now a dad and he's having his own Christmas and like wow. so I'm really I'm really I haven't seen it I'm really excited to actually watch the sequel and see if it rings any bells for the first one I guess that'll be my movie to movies to watch this week yeah Christmas right I'll have to do that it's the same thing for I, I don't think we talked about Halloween movies in greater details but we watched Scream it's not even two anymore it's Scream whatever you mentioned that where yeah. the original characters kind of grew up as well and they're grew older yeah and they grew older and then that the the movie was kind of centered around how did they grow older i thought they all they're all dead aren't no they? the sheriff <laughs> and the um you know the 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 film the news anchor played by courtney cox monica and friends she survived wow. she survived yeah and then the other blonde lady i forgot the name of and it was really it was actually it was that movie was actually really enjoyable as much as i hate horror movies you hate horror movies i did i would have guessed that you were a horror movie person i am so not a horror movie person i got so scared i can't watch it and then like even i, I feel repulsed by blood and gut scenes blood and guts i am okay with it's the idea of suspense wow you know i like suspense i like the being scared part but i <laughs> I hate that at the end of being scared it's like a decapitated corpse and it just grosses me out i think more of the stories do not put jason and alex in the same room watching a horror movie because we'll be screaming at different a points different of the movie <laughs> and then it'll just be us screaming the entire time during a movie while the movie being is being played don't know what it is i try to cover my eyes if i feel like something's going to happen and of course i have to like say something so it drowns out the vo the the sound from the actual movie so i don't have to hear it but if it's just like for example slasher movie like texas chainsaw massacre i am totally okay with it we so got off christmas i am sorry but <laughs> <laughs> no, no so i wanted to you know i think most of our listeners know what christmas is but some of our listeners may not so uh, you know depending mm. on where they're from we might want to just what is christmas so the modern tradition of christmas is that a magical giant man like the size of jason <laughs> shows up and he invades your house I by sneaking sorry. through <laughs> sneaking through the chimney into your home while you're asleep that is wrong and funny at the same time <laughs> and then he leaves presents for your children yep and if they've been bad he leaves a lump of coal and a red sock and then escapes apparently he steals cookies and milk too apparently yeah and then they, he gives you things that you pray for if you have behaved for past year well, you have to i think you have to send a letter to santa claus oh yeah that is an yeah, important yeah. it's important. either that or you go to the mall have you ever been to the mall and sat on santa oh god i cannot i can't i've never been i've never done that because i didn't have any kids when i was in the states i still don't have kids um so i didn't i never had to take any kids to the mall and as a grown-up person it's kind of weird for me to go <laughs> to the mall i know people in their like 
late teens or early 20s who still went to the mall and said, I want to sit on Santa's lap. I'm like, that is just so weird to me. Well, I had, a I, I had a Chinese friend when I was living in San Francisco and they so desperately wanted to oh do it. Oh my God. She was 25 years old, but she had seen it in movies growing up and she was like, okay, we have to go. There's a Santa at like, you know, such and such mall. And I was like, really? We're going to go to sit on Santa? And she, so we went to Santa uh -huh. and like she got photos of her as an, a fully adult woman oh my god Santa's that is lap. wow it was so bizarre <laughs> i wonder what <laughs> i'm sorry i wonder what was going through santa's mind when santa received a <laughs> yeah lady. we were in a line with kids and then this you know this woman you know she's rather petite but she's still she's an adult and then she got photos with santa and i just always thought that was really bizarre she was a strange, strange lady. I know. And be like, hey, lady, sorry to break it to you, but uh, Santa is played by <laughs> an actual adult man, <laughs> you know? What? That's not Santa? I mean... I'm just kidding. Sorry. Sure, sure, sure. Santa is real. <laughs> According to home Al the Home Alone rules that these are all Santa's helpers and that, you know, the real Santa may be at the North Pole, but each one of these reports back to the main Santa about what the children want. Mm, and there are adorable reindeers that bring Santa around when Santa is trying to send all the gifts to all the kids who sent him letters. Did you ever think about how strange it is? It's almost like a, a parable about class and economics. Santa is the only kind of person like him and his wife, mm. Mrs. Claus. And they live at the North Pole and use a another, like, I don't know, species of humanoids that are <laughs> short and do slavery 364 days a year so that they can oh provide gifts for gosh. all the children in the world. This is a bizarre parable if you really think about it. It is, but there is a very <laughs> nice um, animation that, you know, I would really recommend people watching it's called claws with a k that movie kind of puts a very nice twist to the story where the person collecting uh letters and and help that helps with sending out gifts it's a kid that comes from a rich rich family who didn't understand the idea of being responsible and hard work and so he's kind of being sent to santa living in that extreme weather and working with with santa who actually turns out to be like i can't give away too much of the film but it's very nice it's called claws and it's it's a great christmas animation or an animation movie for any time of year to watch but you know are the elves essentially slaves yeah you, if you watch it you'll oh, okay. i would love for you to watch and let me know what you think but hey i hear what you're saying with how people i mean majority of the people who celebrate christmas perceive how things are done and the kids believe that and i guess since we're talking about santa and the little representatives representatives <laughs> the representatives that go to different parts of the world yeah, yeah. To, to grant wishes to kids i had a hard time imagining that kid believing santa was real maybe that's just me i think in, even in america or like uk or wherever you know france most kids stop believing that santa is a real existent magical person by the time they're five or something mm. five or six that's not too bad i guess because there's a lot of clues you know? <laughs> mom why are you still <laughs> a five-year-old's a lot smart Exactly. I mean, also just like in, in movies where you see like multiple people and now they have a lot of movies that make fun of Christmas while it's also being Christmas. True. Some of the classic movies always in making new iterations of themselves. I think that's really exciting. Yeah. But I wanted to talk about Santa Camp. Mm. And this, this is from an article. This talks about representatives, the other faux Santas. Yeah. This is from the independent.co.uk news 
America Santa Camp Christmas, New Hampshire. Mm. And it says Santa Camp inside the secretive surreal resort that trains men to be Father Christmas. <laughs> and apparently people go, both men and women, and, uh-huh. and, you know, people who are not as tall also go trained to be elves at this place. <laughs> you pay money to spend an actual summer wow. in a camp that teaches you how to be wow. Mrs. Claus, Mr. Claus, to be elves, to be different members of the Christmas magical uh-huh. universe. And then once you get this certificate at the end of this, you're act- much more qualified to work at like a major retail. You're not just like working at the local mall. You're working at the really expensive posh bourgeois mm. mall. And so you go and, and you're a professional Santa Claus. Mm. I think there's an idea in society that a lot of Santas are just guys who show up and dress up as Santa. But in fact, like there's work being put into it <laughs> for some people they take it extremely seriously and they yeah they take classes on how to dress up as mrs claus i have a picture of diane grinier 74 a retired connecticut engineer mm. who began being mrs claus 16 years ago wow so she's a professional mrs claus <laughs> i think it's really really fast i mean if you, if you really think about it if the person that plays santa really wants to do a good job at playing santa then essentially they're like the actors playing all kinds of disney characters in disneyland and those people have to go through really strict trainings they have to stay in character the whole time while people coming up to them just striking up random conversations like i saw this video of uh uh, i think fiona princess fiona right and then um this random girl grown-up woman just goes up to the lady i was playing princess fiona and says oh look my favorite color is blue and fiona has to somehow manage to have a conversation with a starter with a starter like that in the character of fiona and that takes a lot of uh skills you know so if you put these two together side by side, it's actually kind of the same thing. So it makes sense that they have to go through a camp that trains them. You know, I was working for Disney and they gave us free tickets, so I couldn't not go. I was like, okay, it's going to expire. So my wife and I actually went to the Disneyland in Shanghai a couple times. Jealous. And I was actually surprised by that feature that there are, I, because, you know, I haven't been to, ha- had not been to Disneyland since I was like five. Uh-huh. And I was actually really surprised that there were like adult actors and actresses who are professionally Thor, for example. And so we went to have our pictures taken with some X-Men. And (laughs) I didn't really, or not X-Men, I'm sorry, Avengers. Yeah. And I didn't really know that much about Avengers at that time. Mm. And so I was standing there with like Thor and there, and I'm supposed to say something with him. And I was like, I literally, I don't know who you are. (laughs) And he was like, oh, that's okay. I don't know who you are. Oh, that is so Thor. (laughs) That is so Thor though, the way that he responded. I love that. Yeah, he, he he was so capable of like coming up with something no matter what you could say. It's really it's really something that demands a lot more. I mean, it's a different thing if you're just trying to dress up a Santa and just sit there and then get paid. I don't know how much. Uh, you're I, don't paid, like, I don't know. 100 bucks per day or something, you know, and you're not trying to like it's not something that really excites you. But if you're someone on the, the other side of this kind of thinking, like I really want to make other people's Christmas better with my presence then it's a lot of work it's a lot of work because we're human you know when people come up and talk to you there are going to be conversations you feel more into and others you just want to stay out of but when you're dressed up as santa you have to be in every single one of them so
I have a lot of questions now about like bridging our cultures a bit. Uh-huh. Before you moved to the United States, how, may I ask you, at what age were you when you did move to the U.S.? I moved to the U.S. when I was 23 years old. What about the U.K.? Did you visit the U.K. before or after? Yeah, it was U.K. before uh, the U.S., but I went to U.K. in the summer, so I didn't get to experience the holiday in the U.K. Before you ended up living in a Western country, what did you, or or a non-Chinese country, Mm. what did you know about Christmas? What did you been taught about Christmas in in China? (laughs) I don't know if, I don't remember if we have talked about this uh, Christmas Eve story. We might have last year. The first thing that i knew about christmas was not christmas itself is christmas eve mm, mm, mm. in chinese we call it pingan-ye, like the night of peace mm. and for pingan-ye, for for christmas eve before that day comes we believe for some reason the, it was a rumor or something started by whatever genius that said you have to have uh an apple that is purchased with coins um, collected from your classmates, from people in your class. And it has to be from the opposite sex. And you have to collect exactly 24 10 cents coins and use those coins to buy a Christmas Eve apple. And then you have to (laughs) peel the apple at midnight on Christmas Eve. And while you're doing that and you make a wish and it's going to come true. That is really interesting. Like it's a mixture of different (laughs) things I've also heard as a child. But I haven't heard that. I don't know who started it. I don't know how it started. But my entire, as basically, as long as I've had memories of me as a kid in school, we've been doing that. And there's so much drama that just evolves around the idea of collecting coins from people in your class. One year, we're like, oh, it has to be from people with 24 different first na- uh, 24 different family names. And the other year, it's like, oh, it has to be from 24 boys. And then the other year, it's like, it has to be from boys that you'd like. You know, it's a lot of stuff that people made up or maybe one kid just made it up in the class and everybody else went, oh, well, that's a good idea. Let's do it. So... You, if you know someone who works in like, you know, a convenience store or a supermarket in China, uh, let's say 10 years ago, 20 years ago, they definitely have memories, painful memories of counting those silly little coins on Christmas Eve and giving them that little apple that's wrapped in like, you know, the the pink plastic wrap <laughs> that says Christmas Eve and gave it to these clueless little schoolgirls trying to use that to make a beautiful wish. I want to hear more about this. So if you were listening and you're you're from China and you have a similar experience to Alex, please email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com and let us know because I find this actually fascinating. I've never heard of this in the, in the West. There should be a little mini documentary about this. Maybe I should make a little mini documentary documentary about this because it's such you should it's such it's so, so irrelevant to christmas but it's so like dead on right on that day and we say it like even the apple a regular normal just ordinary apple would be called an apple for the rest of 364 days in the year but on that night on that day mm. it's called the pingan it's called the the christmas eve apple we call it pinganguo, like mm. the peace peace fruit. <laughs> so you know there are similar traditions in the West that I've heard of, where you have to peel an apple, uh-huh. especially a lady, with a knife in a single cut, meaning you have to do 
where you unwind it really oh that's carefully. so easy <laughs> and if it if you can drop the peel into a pail of water and then look in the water really quickly you'll see the face of your future husband oh yeah yeah something like that yes yeah, yeah. yes yes so it's very similar <laughs> to that but i've never actually heard it associated with christmas so that's a new new thing for me so this is what you knew about Christmas before going to the West? Uh, that and then turkey legs. <laughs> you knew that there was a mythical figure named Santa, no? Yes, but he wasn't involved in whatever create, like activities we made up <laughs> to celebrate Christmas when I was younger. And that's, when I'd say I was younger, that's like almost, almost, oh my God, that's almost 20 years ago. Oh God, I am so old. Um, almost 20 years ago. <laughs> and then later on, of course, in, in um, high school and in college, we actually try to observe a little more of what actual Christmas celebrations are. Um, in college, because I was in the school choir, we would actually host, you know, Christmas um, concerts, like mini concerts, mm, mm, where mm. the entire chorus would sing Christmas songs. Um, and then we'll dress up like in red dress and we'll wear the, the Christmas hat. And mm, stuff. You sound very like a Western kind of school because I used <laughs> to be a school teacher here in China. Yeah. And every year I would do the 12 days of the 12 days of Christmas because ah. it, it, it seems really hard to do. But in fact, it's not and the kids love it and so it was always the best performance that my school did and so every year I would train a new group of kindergartners to sing this one song mm. and they would just you know be the bright part of the show and so I, I was really happy about that I'm not I, actually I'm not a huge celebrator of Christmas my wife and I this is uh -huh. our tradition yeah throughout the year when we really do want something we say just buy it for me now and it'll be our Christmas present mm. and so when we actually get to Christmas we almost never exchange gifts mm. if we do it's something really small what I'll actually what I got this year was a peepa ah. but I got it two months ago i got it two months ago and there I, oh so yeah have you started playing terribly <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're we're really all waiting for an episode oh gosh where jason's going to showcase his peepa skills don't hold your breath to the rest of the world don't hold your breath <laughs> It's not, it's, it's, it's not coming anytime soon. You know, what's really interesting about Christmas is that it falls at a time when there are a lot of other mm. cultures with their own traditions at the exact same time. So you have Hanukkah, yeah. which happens almost around the exact same time that Christmas happens. And it's, you know, similar in that there's presents given to children. Mm. I find it really fascinating that Christmas has a long history of being wound up with a lot of other traditions from the West. Yeah, I mean, the gifts part is probably something that is, that's why I said it's probably the most festive because of the addition of the whole, you know, gift exchanging idea. You know, also because in Europe, you don't really have Thanksgiving. Mm. Christmas becomes like the Western version of Chinese New Year. Pretty much. Because it's the time when families are supposed to get together. Yeah. I mean, for us, we, at least for Chinese New Year, gift exchanging is not like, it's not, I, I, maybe I am a little bit. You get the red envelopes, right? Yeah, exactly. But that's like, you know. I just feel like it's not as big as getting gifts because red envelopes, it doesn't require as much effort as into you have to think about what you're going to get each member of your family a month or two months beforehand. Right. And you have to go actually, you know, physically source those gifts and then you have to wrap them and then you exchange it. It's a big part of the celebration. 
Or red envelope is just like, okay, cash envelope, here you go. Well, there's another thing because as a son-in-law, I am every time uh-huh. I go visit my Chinese mom and dad, I need to bring a whole bunch of like nuts and Beijing ducks that are dried and like, you know, fruits and, you know, like a big bag full of like little gifts. So yeah. uh, there's that too. There's a little bit of gift giving from, you know, children to parents as, mm. as the children are adults i guess that's that's true as well maybe it's just because i grew up with it uh, and it didn't feel like too much of a big deal to me but really i just feel like i have never had to like think about buying so many gifts but i guess now that i am much older you know working making money and stuff if i do go back to my mom or my dad's family for 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 chinese new year i do have to think about bringing just something back home i think there the parallels we can draw are only so close because in fact the the two traditions are different one thing you could notice though is red santa santa is red and mrs claus is red and you have a lot of and then chinese new year has red but i guess it's red and gold versus red and green that is that is true but if you (laughs) you know if we're talking about like old dongbei times red and green would work as well really it's a very it's a very classic color uh color match it's not anything too festive but it's always red and green red and green you know uh the harbin ice festival just opened. when are we going to be able to actually attend this festival jason i just feel we've been talking about the harbin ice festival since I mean, if I can recall as as early as the first episode that we ever talked, you know, we ever started on this show and it's it's a year later and we still haven't been able to make it. I think next year is the year. So, you know, 2023 to 2024 winter is going to be the winter that I go. I think that's a, a wonderful, marvelous idea. I wish you a Merry Christmas, I wish you a Merry Christmas, I wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. When you moved to the United States at 23, Mm. did you hang out with anyone or get exposed to Christmas in a new and different way? So my experience, uh, it's really mixed. It's bittersweet. It's good and bad. It is. So the first couple of um, the first two Christmases, the first one was a little I, I don't really remember too much. Oh, actually, our professor and I, if if he ever listens to this show, I really want to give him a huge shout out. Um, our professor, Chris Daly from uh, Boston University, he was very, very, very nice, caring man, um, a, an amazing journalist who really took the effort to, you know, help international students to feel like their home um, and that they're trying to that we could be as emerged as we can um, into the local Mm, traditions and so what he did was that he invited all of the uh, Chinese students in the journalism program to his house and wow yeah and I think I think it was a potluck kind of thing but we all just brought like a side dish and Professor Daly and his wife prepared a full-on dinner for all of us and we sat by their fireplace and he read us the christmas story it was really yes it was very beautiful and as someone who had just moved to the united states like four months prior to that it was really it's really heartwarming and it was it's just 
great to kind of celebrate Christmas for real, you know, and I'm sure a lot of expatriates, wherever you are, it's always going to be a memory that you can't forget if you are invited into like a very, very kind of, you know, authentic celebration of local festivals in that country that you're living in. And um, it came at a time that I really needed it as well, because uh, it was some, it was a tragic tragedy that happened before, shortly before that Christmas, the first Christmas I had. So it was, it was very uplifting. Um, we definitely needed it. Uh -oh. um, and then I think we did it again the year, the second year. Can't really recall. Or, or we didn't. I can't remember. But that was the only two years uh, of my entire stay in the United States where I actually got to celebrate Christmas. The years after that, one way or another, I somehow managed to find myself being alone on Christmas. Wow. Very sad. Very sad. And That is considered very sad also, yeah. It is very sad. And I remember that one of the Christmas, one of the Christmases, on Christmas Day, I was alone. And when I woke up, I was living in Alston, which is a... Um, we got a neighborhood in Boston. I remember waking up early in the morning, sort of, and I went to get groceries or try to find some place. I just try to walk around. I was like, I'm already alone on Christmas. I shouldn't just stay home all day. That's even more sad. And so I walked out on the street and I looked at the empty street and I remembered a classic line from Home Alone. Remember, I don't know if you remember when he wakes up. Um, it was I think it was a second movie when he wakes up and he, he realizes his entire family is gone and the house is empty. And he said he says this line with all the excitement. He said, look, I made my family disappear. <laughs> I remember me walking on the street, looking at the emptiness and and the snow um oh. and i said i said oh wow i made austin disappear <laughs> that was the saddest thing i said oh. to myself I, i'm just wondering after the second time they left him at home shouldn't child care services get involved <laughs> how come they haven't come and knocked on your door yet that's crazy i mean one time that's not good twice wow Come on, family. Yeah, you have to think like, are you? Is there some like subconscious, you know, a dislike of your son that you have? What's the psychology? What's the psychological motivation behind all of this um, negligence of bringing your son to the family well, I, trip? I would say, Alex, that if, when I think of you, I think of someone who's very international. And, you know, you've been mm -hmm. exposed to a lot of uh, international culture for a long time. Do you now have any traditions that, or, or way that you express yourself in, in during this time? In, in a positive note, <laughs> um, I, I, we're kind of, I guess I'm lucky now that we have a group of friends that are very close. They're like family. Um, and it's a very mixed group as well. But every holiday, basically every big Western holiday, uh, we would celebrate it together. And it's gift purchasing. Yeah. It's gifts yeah. buying for me. I, that's It kind of shows. I was really moved the first time we celebrated uh, Christmas together with this specific group of friends. They really bought me things that I just mentioned in passing when we were hanging out months before. And they remember what I said, and they got me that for Christmas. It was very moving. Yeah, that's that's very lovely. Well, you know, what I've noticed is that I have some friends in China who think that Christmas doesn't exist in China. And then I also have other friends who very much celebrate Christmas, not because they're Christians or anything, but because the culture <laughs> yeah. has like caught on in China. And if you go to some of the really yeah. big malls down in Guamau, you see that there are giant Christmas trees and lights and, and yeah. you can find Santa Claus in the city and there are dinners you can pay to be, you know, at different hotels and things. And so yeah. Christmas is very much 
part of some people's lives. And I've noticed that for a sure. lot of the international schools have like a Christmas show for their children. Mm-hmm. And uh, some kids I've even asked when I was a teacher, oh, do you guys do anything for Christmas? Some kids are like, no. And some kids are like, yeah, mom buys me presents and I see Santa the night before. And I'm, I'm like, wow. So, you know, <laughs> you get both sides where some people are like, it doesn't happen. There's no Christmas in China. And you get the other side where they're doing Christmas just as well, you know, to the same standard as anyone or anywhere in the world. I mean, it's, it's definitely very much in China. It's just about how much it's incorporated into, you know, local Chinese people's lives. And I, I, I think there's one thing that you said that was very um, important. It's kind of the key identifier of how things are celebrated here. That even includes uh, Thanksgiving and Halloween and maybe even Easter for some people. You know, it's more about the activities mm-hmm. themselves, whether those activities are you know, if it's it's activities that make people feel excited and happy and it makes them feel like, oh, I'm doing things with people that I care about mm. and we're enjoying our time together, then more likely than not, people are going to be very open to that idea. You know, even my parents are trying to get involved on Thanksgiving. They're like, why don't you spend Thanksgiving with us? I was like, because you don't celebrate it. But my parents go, well, we could eat the dinner with you because it looks good. Like we would love to eat the giant bird together. You know, what's the harm in that? Well, you know, I was talking with our other co-host, Bebe, and she actually says that Uh in her family, turkey is considered a very unpleasant food. So I was like, what? I'm I'm not saying it is or isn't you know because preferences are preferences but she says that uh-huh. turkey breast is the worst meat in the world and that her depends f- on how you cook that's it that's what i said that's what i said i was like well how are you preparing this turkey but anyways i will i will reveal on the show a secret recipe of sure, alex go for it go for um, it and then for all of those people who hate turkey breasts <laughs> This is there's one thing that you could do with it. Of course, I found I have found turkey breast with cranberry sauce the best combo in the world. Even though I love dark meat more than the turkey breast part. Yeah. Um. But if turkey breast is part of the leftover, you have to finish. Uh, I know a lot of people make turkey sandwiches, but if you use the turkey breast, combine it with uh cheese and of course some lettuce, and then put the Chinese the almighty Chinese laogamma sauce. On top of it, you will enter a new world that you didn't know existed before. Wow. And for those of you who don't know what lagama is, it's a spicy fermented bean paste, um, like chili oil, kind of. Yeah, I have some in my fridge. It's so it it saves. You can add it to everything. anything. Yes, yeah. and with turkey, it tastes it tastes. <laughs> mm. If you can see me doing that hand gesture, it tastes amazing right now. So here you go. Maybe we should uh, let Bebe know that secret recipe and. Well, you know, you you said the same thing, actually. And the part of that is, and this is true, uh-huh. Chinese folks tend to think that the chicken breast and the turkey breast is the least desirable piece of meat. <laughs> you even mentioned you like the brown meat better. Yeah. This is the opposite of West, the West. In the West, if they serve you the brown meat, the people are like, oh, why don't I get more breast? And so, like... The breast meat in America is considered... So it's really interesting. I go to the grocery store. I can buy unlimited chicken breasts for like way cheaper than any other kind of meat. Yes. And if you go to the United States, it's the exact opposite. It's the opposite. It is. So it's really interesting that culturally, the idea of dark meat versus light meat is the exact opposite in the United States and China, which is great for me being an American living in China. (laughs) (laughs) 
I know the 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 price difference is kind of steep. It really is. Like if you buy, I think if you buy two, two big pieces of chicken breast, it's like sixteen kwai. But if you just buy a small portion of uh, chicken wings, which I love the most, it's like forty kwai or something. Oh, bring us some figgy pudding. Oh, bring us some figgy pudding. Oh, bring us some figgy pudding and bring it out here. I wanted to change the topic a little bit. So for Chinese New Year, I'm guessing mm-hmm. that the idea with young children is because the gala is on. Yeah. You're supposed to stay up really late and watch uh-huh. the gala with mom and dad and grandma and grandpa. Yeah. Uh, yes, absolutely. And then you you have a fourth dinner that day as well for a lot of fourth people. Dinner. So you have your you have your I know people say, oh, we have the Chinese New Year dinner and then we watch the, the spring festival gala. But for a lot of families, you actually have the dinner a little bit earlier because Chinese people tend to have dinner pretty early, six-ish, you know, seven for the latest if you're eating with family. Mm. So before the gala starts, you most likely will have finished your dinner. But then you have to do the jiaozi. You have to do the dumpling thing uh, right before midnight, you know, right before you go, you cross over to the next new year. Um, So there will be like a kind of a small dinner, late night dumpling session around 10 or 11 as well. And what I mean by that is, you know, new year. So mm. the international new year, December 31st to January 1st, ah. people are also, are also supposed to stay up late. But for Christmas, children are supposed to go to bed early. So their parents could hang up their stuff. No, no. Santa and... comes down the chimney. Santa, oh, sorry, it's Santa, Santa, Santa. Santa comes in from everything. I was thinking Santa <laughs> comes down from the chimney. I'm like, but we live in an apartment building. Uh-oh. What about Chinese kids living in apartment buildings? Do they get, do they get gifts? Because Santa can't come in. Santa has magic yes. power. Santa will come in from the at the vent. <laughs> you know, I always liked the idea that center of the winter holidays, because it seems like it's a great way to mm. kind of get people through the you know coldest, uh, least social part of the year. True. Before spring comes, yeah. So it always a bright, shiny, happy holiday. Whether it be Chinese New Year, whether it be mm. Christmas, what, whatever it is, I like this idea, this human global tradition of having some sort of winter festival. I don't like the idea that we're training children <laughs> i guess in the west to be dependent on things for their happiness of course you want them to be able to behave or grow in the right direction without promising them gifts but again as someone who as someone who grew up with not too much gift giving in my life i found that to be even without um saying you know uh, you need to behave you need to be a good kid um i imagine if i was a lot younger if I when I was a kid if I could just receive gifts that my parents really put thoughts into yeah. giving me that would that would just make me that would just make me happy and I feel like if you're happy <laughs> you'll probably be a good kid yeah know? I guess so you know one of the things that for me I'm not a father but if I were I would be the worst father because I would be giving my kids why would you say that books and be like here's your book hey maybe your kid <laughs> will, will love books and that will help them you know if you started giving their, them gifts uh, from a very young age, that kind of helps shape what the kind of person they grow into as well. No, I certainly hope so because um, if you have, let's say, let's say two billion kids practice some kind of Christmas, mm. right? So that's 
2 billion, like, I don't know, Lego sets or whatever plastic <laughs> junk. That's a lot of pollution. To In my, my mind, I don't see happy children. I see a world overrun with junk. Mm, that's true. But you could always read that you could always recycle gifts. You know, you could either you could either donate them or just, you know, once your kid get tired of it, just give it to some other kid. There there's a solution to that problem. Well, you're so optimistic. So I wanted to talk about this is from Euronews.com. Uh-huh. Four weird and wonderful ways to recycle your Christmas trees this year. Hey. And a couple of these actually kind of surprised me. So I thought it was great. One of the ways is some city farms and petting zoos offer tree collection services for a donation. Uh-huh. So you give your Christmas tree to the local zoo and then donate $50 or something. Mm. And then some of the animals are capable of eating that Christmas tree. Wow. But I guess you would not want to cover it with all the little shiny, sparkly things because you don't want those going into the rhinoceros or whatever. I know. <laughs> exactly. Or you leave a squeaky toy on, on your Christmas tree and whatever animal that eats that will just come up and be like making weird noises when they open their mouth. Another way is to donate them to Coastal Protection mm. where they are buried under sand dunes to prevent the land from flooding. So they literally burn some of the Christmas trees on top and bury them in the sand and this actually holds the sand dunes together better and prevents like uh erosion that's a that's a good way to use it friendly for the environment i guess eco-friendly recycle i mean i'm just i'm thinking about all of the terrible things that a lot of people complain united states what has a population of 340 million ish so that's you know, every family has one, maybe like you have a hundred million Christmas trees. I know. So a hundred million Christmas trees is a lot of bio waste. It, it, it is. And you guys like to use real trees as well. Cause in China, I know a lot of families, if they're just, you know, looking to have a little bit of festive decorations, cause again, it's for them, for a lot of people celebrating Christmas in China, it's probably not religious, uh, celebrations. Just, you know, we want to be part of the holiday fun and they just use, um, plastic trees and they could use the same plastic trees next year so they don't have to repurchase they don't have to throw everything out exactly that's my plan when i bought my original plastic christmas tree i was like okay i'll buy one christmas tree and then i will have this until i'm like an old man with gray hair yeah (laughs) this tree has outlasted me i think it's about in in four years i've been using the same christmas tree each year Mm. so i i don't feel too bad about my one investment in a plastic christmas tree i another thing that christmas trees can become is compost so for Americans, they usually have a yard yeah, and you can have your own compost. You can chop the tree up and actually can become compost to grow something else. Mm. And the final way is to actually plant your tree at the end of the holiday. And increasingly, there are trees that are suited to this yeah, where they come in like a pot and they're ready to go. And you keep them in your house probably longer than Christmas because it's awfully cold outside in Michigan. <laughs> but af- after, say, the end of January or so, you bring it out you plant it right and then next year if you want a bigger tree you sort it out from other people who have planted their bigger trees in their backyard and other people who wanted your tree planted in your backyard they could buy your tree so that becomes you know a secondhand christmas tree exchange group well you know i i'm one of these people that is in the trillion tree program and hopes that collectively between india china the united states europe elsewhere all over the world brazil we can replant one trillion trees on earth someday wow i think that's a great cause we should all join well i mean china is actually the leader 
in terms of the the most amount of trees planted and the most mm. amount of hectares planted of trees because of afforestation and fighting against deserts and all kinds of other things. Yeah. And so I think a lot of the rest of the world can learn a lot from China about how to do this. Yeah. And for younger people who think this is more on the government or more on uh, nonprofit organizations, there's something that you could maybe learn from what China has been doing is with bigger terms, it's something like gamification of the <laughs> of ESG or, or, or social responsibilities of corporates, uh, you know, gamified CSRs, which means that bigger corporates here in China, uh, big tech companies here like Alibaba um, and ByteDance and um, uh, and Tencent, they all have programs on their little apps. Oh. You're basically just playing games, but every game, every little game you play, you harder some, uh, you garner some kind of energy. And then all of that energy in the end is going to be dedicated to planting trees and you could keep track of the energy that you have saved or whatever little points you have accumulated in that system and you can see the trees that you have helped uh, uh, plant in China. There's actually a search engine that does the same thing. I've never heard of it in the context that you uh, ha have outlined, except in this one instance. It's called Ecosia. Mm. And if you, for every search you do, you fund a certain amount of tree planting. Mm. So the money that this web search engine makes all goes into tree planting. There's, mm. It's a non-profit search engine yeah. that takes its profitability, its profits, and puts them into tree planting throughout the world. Yeah, and there's a way to donate the steps that you take every day as well into tree planting. So there's multiple, there's so many ways that you can help. Oh, uh, it's too bad. My wife already set up my step countering to go to, to hungry well, people. So That's just as good. Stu <laughs> stupid hungry people taking away my trees. Take more steps, Jason. <laughs> Separate, just d divide your steps into the tree steps and the hunger steps. Oh no, I'm going to have to walk twice as far. <laughs> Wait, can we, can we plant this. trees that grow fruit? <laughs> hey, that's a good idea. That's another good idea. You can you get to choose the kind of trees that you're donating your step to so that you kill two birds and one stone. We won't go until we got some. We won't go until we got some. We won't go until we got some. So bring some out here. I don't want to come off as biased. As an American living in China, I do feel like Christmas is something that happens out here. Uh, but I was hoping, you know, actually, you probably know more about this than me living mm. in the San Lituan area. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about how Christmas decoration or music has been incorporated into the local life there? Christmas decorations have always been really prominent in malls. Like every, basically every, I think every year, these bigger malls in Beijing, at least, uh, Shanghai, probably the same and Shenzhen, you know, cities that are more international, mm -hmm. uh, where people are a lot more aware of Christmas, uh, malls will just make sure that they kind of jump on this timing of the year as well to make it look because honestly, when you have a giant pine tree instead of a mall that looks just yeah. all marble and, you know, plastic materials and stuff, it gives you a different feeling. It just makes you feel like, I guess, human human beings just have this inclination to be close to nature. 
And when you do have that kind of decorations and it's like a giant pine tree, all of these little lights, uh, you know, little like bows and uh, mistletoes and stuff. And it's it's like it makes people feel like they are having a moment with nature in an indoor space and that makes people happier i guess and that's a one that's a good that's a good driver for sales what about inside of malls or shops bars restaurants do you hear christmas music i think bars probably more often and the, the malls too i mean but it's not as you know the the song list the christmas song list is not as extensive as it it's is It's just mariah carey over and over again. as mariah oh poor mariah carey oh my god um oh, she lost she lost her lawsuit she is not the queen of christmas oh my god I it just happened a couple weeks ago. We should. Oh, we, so, sorry, Mariah. <laughs> There's so many funny videos made for uh, made this year on on you know short video platforms where people are like, "Why are you playing the song? Are you playing the song? I don't want a lot of Christmas." You know, everybody was singing the song. I was singing the song to my friend's kid last night, and he loved it. But yeah, it's it's usually Mariah Carey and Last Christmas, and uh, we wish you a Merry Christmas. That's pretty much it. You know, I'm with you, like about celebrating different holidays. I love Chinese New Year. I love Christmas. I love Halloween. I love you know, uh, yeah, Mid Autumn Festival. There's not. I, I I just love an idea that we get to be. This is special moment i love that concept and that, that there's a decor of food music that goes along with it i'm not like into christmas because of any other reason than it's colorful bright and shiny fun time to have i feel like being here in china that i'm going to do something mm. christmasy like christmas eve i'll probably make my wife watch some Gr grinch movie with me or something or play some music this this just came to into my head mean girls is a christmas movie as well you know i've never i don't think i've seen mean girls sorry yeah mean girls. oh my god jason is this a movie or a we TV have to show? we have to change that it's a movie and we have to change that you have have to watch it well if it's a christmas <laughs> movie well, i just wanted to i wanted to ask you before we go uh -huh. you know it's very important for chinese culture to be expressed in uh, the diaspora for example chinese people third generation still practice chinese uh new year lunar new year uh yeah lunar festival over in the united states uk canada australia elsewhere yeah and i was wondering if there is any concern by any Chinese people that you know that Christmas is a, I want, I want to put this carefully, but I can't think of any good words. Is it considered bad in any way because it is kind of like Western colonialism, <laughs> cultural oppression? Uh, like, how is Christmas viewed by any? Are there marginal groups of Chinese folks who don't like Christmas? And I mean, if so why? Of course, it's the world we live in. There are always going to be people that are opposed to anything that you say to, you say to them at all. Or, or, you know, if we change the way we say that, anything will have opposition from someone or some groups. And this is, it's the same for Christmas in China. Of course, there are people saying that, you know, it's a Western religious holiday and it's just... Oh, religious, that's the element. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's just irrelevant. Why do I have to celebrate it? Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, there are people, there are also, there are also people who don't like uh, Valentine's Day because they're like, it's a Western holiday. Why can't we have our own holiday? Which, you know, mm -hmm. give birth to... Mm -hmm 
all of these uh, Chinese, you know, May 20, May 21st and all of these uh, alternatives, alternatives to make more celebrations. So I mean, if you're a corporation, you got to love that, right? I know. Like you get like five. I feel I feel like these people, these marginal groups who are really like strongly opposed to these uh, holiday ideas are probably one of the biggest drives for e-commerce development. (laughs) Thank you so much for creating duplicates (laughs) of all these other holidays. Exactly. You don't like it? We'll make it our own. I will make it bigger and cheaper online. Uh, In theory, I love the idea that there are so many Valentine's Day knockoffs in China because I like it. But I also honestly (laughs) forget so often because there are so many of them. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's okay if you forgot because there's another one coming up in a month. Yeah, exactly. You just make up to it. Uh, Thank you so much for your time, Alex, and your insights into Christmas here in China. Thank you, Jason. I hope this makes everybody's holiday a little bit better. I wish you a Merry Christmas. I wish you a Merry Christmas. I wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Oh, bring us some figgy pudding. Oh, bring us some figgy pudding. Oh, bring us some figgy pudding and bring it out here. We won't go until we got some. We won't go until we got some. We won't go until we got some. So bring some out here. And a happy new year Oh, bring us some figgy pudding Oh, bring us some figgy pudding Oh, bring us some figgy pudding And bring it out here We wish you a Merry Christmas We wish you a Merry Christmas We wish you a Merry Christmas And a happy new year